Hi, my name is Denek. I'm an English teacher from the Czech Republic, and you're listening to my podcast called Denek's English Podcast. Here is another episode. Have fun. How's everyone doing? This is Denek from Zdenek's English Podcast. Have you recognized my voice? I think you have. I think you have. Because most of you are regular listeners. I mean, there might be an odd new listener listening to this. And if you are one of those, then I should probably say hello. Welcome to this podcast. And uh, make yourself comfortable. Grab a pew. uh, Help yourself to um, anything you like and um, here is the episode so this is a language analysis episode I've done those before Um, and this one is specifically focused on phrasal verbs that's right phrasal verbs that are sometimes called two-part verbs and I have come up with my own nickname for phrasal verbs little monsters Mm mm-hmm It's a bit of an oxymoron, isn't it? Little monsters. A monster is something usually frightening, big and sinister. But little, you know, it's like an oxymoron. (laughs) Um, Well, I say they are little because, you know, it's... They're sort of like inconspicuous, a little bit stealthy. Stealthy little bitches. Um, Hard to notice sometimes when people speak English. And uh, obviously, native speakers, they tend to use a lot of phrasal verbs. So sometimes they are hard to notice because they are so, so little. So they are pronounced so fast. Um, But they are monstrous because they are really hard to pick up. You know, one thing is to learn the phrasal verbs because you might actually learn a couple of them. But then the next level is to actually start using them actively. And the thing is, like, they're easily confused and they're polysemic. They have multiple meanings. So it's it's not easy. It's not an easy task to get to grips with the uh, phrasal verbs. No, it's definitely not. If you are still wondering what the hell I'm talking about, phrasal verbs are expressions such as switch off, get up, get back. Okay, so these are phrasal verbs, and if you are good at using phrasal verbs in the right place at the right time, then I believe that this is a sign of a high-level user. Okay, so the more phrasal verbs you're able to use, um, and they are often used in an informal context, so while speaking to your friends or to, to colleagues or stuff like that, then you are closer uh, to a native speaker level proficiency of the language. Okay, so the form of the phrasal verb. I said they are two-part verbs. That's because a phrasal verb consists of a verb, often a short verb, such as get, give, run, go. These, these phrasal verbs tend to be shorter, uh, shorter verbs, it's not typically those long uh, Latin by origin words. It's the short ones. And there's also a verb particle or adverb particle, we should say. And it's sometimes confused with a preposition. It does look like an adverb or it functions like an adverb. But it's a bit complicated. I don't want to go into that right now. Because I did have an argument about this with my Delta tutor, actually. I remember that quite vividly. That's because there might be different ways of looking at things. And I had been taught at um, at a university one thing. And then they were telling us something else at the Delta course. So I, I got a bit confused. Anyway, I digress. Um, essentially, the phrasal verbs have two parts. And the second part... That's even smaller than the verb itself, itself usually. 
because it's a small adverb particle like on, off, back, in, and so on. And remember, the adverb particle is the one that is actually stressed. So when you say get up, switch off, get back, I may be overdoing it a little bit, okay? I may be exaggerating, but it's really stressed, actually. So that's something to keep in mind. Now, phrase verbs are often idiomatic. No, I did not say idiotic, although you might think that, because, you know, like I said, they are little monsters, bastards, little bastards that are hard to grasp and hard to learn. Um, but the phrase verbs are often idiomatic. That means uh, the meaning of the phrase verb is not the same as the meaning of the two parts taken separately. So that does that's not always the case, but very often it is. So for example, um, get up, okay? So get up, the meaning of the verb get, it's basically like to be given something, right? And up, well, we all know what up means. Okay, you can look up, for example, the arrow that is uh, pointing to the upward direction. I, I'm not sure if I'm really improving this. I, I'm not sure if I'm helping you understand this any better, but I'm pretty sure most of you know what... I would say 99.9% .9 of the listeners know what the word up means, so I don't have to really waste my time explaining that. But anyway, the point is here that... Um, some of the phrasal verbs are idiomatic. So, get up, um, it has a completely different meaning than those two parts of the verb as I have just explained, right? So, to get up means to, uh, that's what you do in the morning, yeah? you get up from your bed, yeah. So, that's that. Now, some phrasal verbs are intransitive. Ooh, a difficult foreign-sounding word, intransitive. It's a linguistic terminology, pretty much, and it means that they are not used with an object. So, for instance, to get up is an example of an intransitive verb, or another one could be to run away. So we don't really use an object. The, the, the verb itself does not affect uh, another, let's say, a noun. So you can't get someone up in this in this meaning. You can wake someone up, right? That's a different story. And then we, we could say that uh, wake up to wake someone up is uh, or to wake up is a transitive verb, or it can be used transitively. That means that it can carry or it can take an object, I should say. So that's another distinction we should make. It's not just exclusively the phrasal verbs. This applies to all verbs in English, okay? Now, the the transitive phrasal verbs can be separable or inseparable or both. And separable means that we can put the object in between the 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 verb and the verb particle. Um, so, for example, switch it switch uh, the light off. That would be a separable phrasal verb. But to be honest, this phrasal verb can be used as an inseparable phrase of verb as well. You can say switch off the light, yeah? Uh, the one thing to remember is that um, if you want to use a personal pronoun like it or um, him or her or something like that, you have to separate it. You can't. It cannot be inseparable. So, for example, you say switch it off and you cannot say switch off it. Okay, I think you get that, don't you? Now, there are some phrasal verbs that can take a preposition as well, which makes it a three-part verb. Wow, that gets even harder. Yes, it's tough to remember those. We should learn them as chunks. Yeah, okay, ne never learn these separately because it makes no sense, really. It's no use learning just up or away or something like that. It doesn't make any sense. You have to learn it as one unit. So, to get away with something, to look forward to, to run out of. All these are three-part verbs, which have the phrasal verb plus the preposition. Okay? Yeah. And that's, that's that. That was some sort of a theoretical prelude, shall I say. Or maybe I could just call it an introduction 
an intro and then what will follow is that I'm going to go through the episode that I recorded with Louis, um, you know, the Louis's adventures. Um, that was uh, the previous episode I recorded. Was it 260? I think it was called Louis's adventures. Hopefully you enjoyed me talking to Louis, uh, who is really an interesting person living in Romania, as we all had a chance to find out from the previous episode. And now I'm going to do the classic thing. I'm going to go through the list of all these phrasal verbs. I have also made a note where exactly in the recording they appeared. So that, that makes it easier for me to find it. I will always play a little clip, a short clip with that phrasal verb because it's much more useful for you to see those phrasal verbs or to, to hear them or to notice them in context. I could just read you the list of the phrasal verbs and give you the definition and explain the meaning, but that's that's not ideal. It's much better if you actually have some sort of context. And the context was obviously none other than the, the recording with Louis. What's interesting is that, like I said, it's the native speakers themselves who tend to use a lot of phrasal verbs and often the, the non-native speakers or the learners struggle and they, try, they avoid the phrasal verbs. They're more likely to remember the non-phrasal verb equivalent, right? However, somehow I managed to use a lot of these phrasal verbs myself. So in total, I have got 15 phrasal verbs. Um, admittedly, I repeated some of them. So sometimes I'll give you uh, more examples of the, from the recording. But my point is that about half of these phrasal verbs actually come from me. It might be the case that even more come from me. I, I don't know. I didn't really count it exactly, but yeah, that's that. And I think I'm going to read these phrasal verbs to you first before I start playing you the clips as well and explaining the phrasal verbs. So let's go. So come about, fall through work out, stick with, bring back, go back, end up, come back, mess around, settle down, break up, fault somebody for something, come in, find down, and pin down. Okay, so that's the list of the phrasal verbs that I'm going to be going through. Hopefully, You'll enjoy this episode, and now it's time for me to play a little jingle. I'll be back after this jingle, and I'll start explaining all these phrasal verbs. Let's get ready for this. You've been listening to Zdenex English Podcast, a podcast with less change than anyone would expect. So you happen to be my Delta classmate and, and also I you are know. a fellow teacher. I am indeed, yes. Mm -hmm. So how did that come about? So this is it. Here comes the first phrasal verb. Are you ready for this? Can you be ready for this? Can anybody be ready for the phrasal verbs, for the little monsters? I'm, I'm not so sure about it. But you can always try to do your best, right? So come about. Quite an interesting one, to be honest. And basically, in this clip, I was introducing Clues. I said that she had been my Delta classmate. And then I asked her, how did that come about? And that basically means, how did that happen? What's, what's the story behind this? I could also ask you, how did you become listeners to the next English podcast? How did that come about? What was the... What was your motivation to become a listener? Why did you keep on listening? I sometimes don't understand it myself. I wonder how that is even possible. How, how did this possibly come about? Who knows? Only you, probably. And if you do know, please do let me know. Okay, if you don't let me know, perhaps this is a chance for my ego to be a bit boosted. Please do that. It's gonna help. You can do some good to me. <clears throat> okay, let's do another one.
I was hoping to do a PhD, but that fell through. So, so in this clip, Louise told us that she was hoping to do a PhD, which is obviously a very high qualification, which you can get after uh, you get your master's degree. But it didn't go as she planned it. It fell through. The plan fell through. It didn't happen. I have got a similar experience, actually, because I was doing quite well at my university. So it wasn't out of question that I would actually keep on studying and get a PhD. But unfortunately, it fell through. Has anything fallen through in your life? I believe it has, because everybody once in a while um, has this experience. Doesn't he or she? Don't want to be sexist on this podcast, so I can say, don't they? That's kind of universal. I can do that, yeah. So, obviously, if something falls through, it's not a pleasant experience because it doesn't go according to plan, right? If it falls through. But that happens. We all have our failures. Sometimes it's not even our fault, right? Sometimes it's just the circumstances are just bad luck. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do another one. So I thought, well, why don't you do a TEFL course and <laughs> travel, see the world a bit, bit, have a bit of a break, break, you know, and then after a while you could see what you're going to do. Um, that was in 2006, and I still haven't worked out what I want to do when I grow up, but I like teaching, so I think I'll stick with it. So I've just experienced a bit of a deja vu. I actually thought I've just received a message, but it wasn't a message because that message is an old message which I received while I was recording this interview with Louise. So that is not a new message, okay? Every single time I play this bit, I actually think I get a message. But anyway, that's not what we are here for, is it? We are here for, for the phrasal verbs. And in this longer clip, we actually had two phrasal verbs in a quick succession. And the phrasal verbs were work out and stick with. Basically, Louise said, I still haven't worked out what I want to do, but I like teaching, so I think I'll stick with it. So when she says she hasn't worked out what she wants to do, that basically means that she still doesn't know what to do. She still hasn't figured out what she wants to do next. She's still not sure where the future will take her, you know? She still has to think about that and make a decision. Is there something in your life that you haven't worked out yet? Like something you haven't truly decided about or uh, maybe you have got some sort of a dilemma? You might have um, a decision to make or... or um, there is something you need to figure out. There's something you would like to find out, but you don't know how. Is there something you need to work out? There might be something like that. So that's how you can remember this phrase of verb. Think about something you need to work out. For example, at the moment, you have to work out how you will remember this phrase of verb to work out. Also, by the way, this has another meaning, like you can work out in the gym, of course, right? You can do an exercise. And the second one was to stick with something. So if you stick with something, that means you keep doing it, that you don't quit, you know? So speaking of working out, um, I always hope when I start working out for real, when I say for real, I mean, I managed to do a few sessions without interrupting the the sort of a momentum that I get with it, I always hope that I will stick with it. And something happens. There's like, I get ill or, or, or something comes in. Um, something always happens and I don't stick with it. So if you stick with something, you, it means you keep doing it. You don't give it up. All right? Like you're, I'm sure you are hoping that I will stick with recording this podcast. There's always an odd chance that one day, one sunny day, I might actually decide to quit for one reason or another. 
Let's not hope it ever happens. Okay, let's hope I stick with recording this podcast because I think it has brought me a lot of good so far. I actually failed my my final assessment, to, but, but to be honest, by that stage, I was so sick of the whole process. I didn't <laughs> mind too much. I forgot that you did. I didn't want yeah. to bring back bad uh, memories. No. Sorry about that. So it happened again. Again, I thought I'd received a message. Hmm, what's going on here? Perhaps I should be more disciplined and switch off my phone while recording. <laughs> Note to self, switch off your phones, Denek, when you record the next English podcast. I'll see what I can do, guys. I make no promises, but I'll try. Oh boy, I'll try. Now, we are looking at another phrase of verb, and this time it's to bring back. It's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it, this one? It's triple B used in that little clip. Bring back bad memories. Three Bs. Try to say that one quickly. Bring back bad memories. Bring back bad memories. It's a tough one, isn't it? So, if you bring something back, that basically means that you go somewhere, get what is required from you, and you um, take it to that person who asked you to, who asked you to bring it back. It could be yourself. You could ask yourself to bring something back. Let me bring this back. Uh, let me bring this umbrella back um, to where it belonged. So, oh, right. I may have made a little mistake. Basically, there's a difference between bring something back and take something back. So, that's an interesting one. I was, I was always fascinating, fascinated by this. So, if somebody tells you, take it back, that means that that person is probably standing next to you and is, uh, is holding something that you should uh, take somewhere. So, he says, okay, this is an umbrella and I would like you to take it back. Take it back where it came from. Where did you take it from? Take it back, right? Put it back in its place. So, that's one uh, example and then we had bring it back and that means um, you don't have it that that person doesn't have it and you have to go somewhere get it and bring it back to this person does it make any sense to you that's the difference between take and bring and the word back means that it was there before so you just you're just returning it to its usual place or to, to where it belongs. Does this make any sense at all? Now, what's interesting about this uh, phrasal verb used um, in that sense, let me, let me read out again what Louis said. I didn't, no, it was actually me, I said that. Basically, the context is that I accidentally started talking about the delta and unfortunately, Louis didn't pass uh, the uh, the one of the assessment and basically by me saying that by me asking her about the delta course I brought back bad memories and so I, I was sort of like apologizing for it to to Louis that I didn't really mean to do that I said I didn't want to bring back I can't say this I said I didn't want to bring back bad memories so in this case in this case it's this phrase verb is used as a metaphor to bring it back. Basically, if I wasn't literally bringing anything back, like physically. It was more like I reminded her of what had happened before. That's what we are talking about here. Okay, it's to bring something back in conversation by saying something. Uh, some some. It's often it often collocates with memory. So you bring back bad or good memories basically all right we're done with this one i just i just wanted to um just give some context to my listeners like how, how i actually know you so mm -hmm. sure. so that that goes back to delta back in the day when mm -hmm. yeah when we were young and innocent ha i like the sarcastic ha 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 from louis there so here we are looking at another phrase of verb with back 
this time it's to go back and I said it goes back to Delta when we were young and innocent. What a great joke that was for me, right? No wonder that Louis laughed so loud. <laughs> so when uh, something goes back, um, uh, basically you direct attention or focus back to something when you say something like that. For example, imagine you are a history teacher and you're talking about uh, when men discovered fire so you could say it goes back millions and millions years ago i'm not so sure about the accuracy of this um date please do not quote me on that but i would just like to demonstrate how we can use this phrase verb here okay so i'm an i'm an english teacher after all that's my job that's my uh primary purpose the purpose of life not a history teacher Although it would be nice to be a history teacher, but uh, I don't have the knowledge and the memory for it. I have a memory like a goldfish, so I, I can't really do this. Um, one of my mother's friends uh, actually does charity work in Romania, and he said, oh, they need teachers in Romania. And I thought, well, I now know some Romanian, so <laughs> that sounds all right. Okay, well, so, so you, and then you ended up living in Romania. And that's the um, story <laughs> in a nutshell. Uh, no, 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 it's even longer than that. This phrase of verb is quite a common one. If you end up doing something, it often is used as a contrast to what you did before. And often it's used in a slightly negative way. Or basically, um, if you end up doing something, basically you didn't expect it to pan out like that. It wasn't meant to be, but then it happened. Often it's something negative. You could end up in jail or something. So I said, and then you ended up living in Romania. It sounded a bit of an anti-climax. I'm not saying that Romania is not a nice country. It is. But what I meant in that case was more like, surprisingly, surprisingly, you ended up in Romania. No one really expected that, did they? So there are more examples. Um, let me play them to you. Then mm -hmm. I ended up getting a job in uh, Italy for six months. Um, and then there is one more, I think. Yeah, the issue is that they will end up speaking their uh, mother tongue sometimes, won't they? Yeah. All right, let's do another one from the list. This is number eight. By the way, eight more to go. Then I spent a year in Australia. Oh. Then I came back to the UK for a while because my dad was ill. Well... I may actually disagree with the usage of when I came back uh, to the UK, but I think we are splitting hairs a bit. Essentially, I would use go back instead of came back. Uh, I mean, went back, because it was in the past tense, obviously. But the point is, um, come back and go back are often confused, I think. And uh, it's difficult sometimes, because it depends on... Uh, how you understand the point of reference here. So, let me explain. Right now, I'm recording this podcast in the Czech Republic. However, in a few days, I'm flying to England. I'm essentially going back to England. And I'm saying that from my point of view, now sitting in the Czech Republic in Podjebrady, I am going back, right? I could also say I'm coming back to England... But that's, I believe, from a position of England, which obviously you can say. I'm not saying you can't. So that's the difference. Um, imagine, let me ask you this question. Have you been to England before? Yes, you have. Did you like it there? Yep, you did. Okay, great. Would you like to go back one day? Would you like to go back? That's basically I'm asking from your point of view. Yes, you would. Oh, great. I'm sure all those Brexiteers, all those people who voted leave uh, are more than happy to hear that. They are certainly elated to hear that you're coming back to England or that you would come back to England. Can you see the difference? That is the difference, in my opinion. Although, frankly speaking, it looks like it's often um, used interchangeably sometimes. Go back, come back. 
people don't really care that much. I think it's the same with bring back, take back. Yeah, A lot of people just say bring it back, meaning take it back. A lot of people say I'm coming back to England, meaning I'm going back to England. In my opinion, it's about the point of reference. If you're going back somewhere, that means you're not there yet. You've been there before and you're going back. If you say I'm coming back, for example, you're calling someone and you say, hey, wait, wait for me. I'm coming back to you. That's like you're thinking about this from the point of view of the person you're going back to. Do you see my point? I don't think it's that important, but I believe that's the difference. Okay. I was one day very, very, very bored at my job and I didn't have anything to do. And I was just messing around on the computer and I happened to find, hmm, there's a job in Romania. All right. So the phrase verb we're looking at here is obviously to mess around. A very useful piece of vocabulary, slightly informal, but it's definitely useful. You can use it um, whenever you want, pretty much. As long as you use it correctly, of course. How else would you be using it than correctly? I guess incorrectly? Hmm. But that's not what we want, do we? That's not our aim. We are here to learn English. We are here to help you with that. So, basically, Louise was messing around, messing around on a computer while she was working in Saudi Arabia. One day, she was messing around on a computer. Do you ever mess around with anything? Um, have you ever messed around with, for example, your um, phone, your mobile phone? A lot of my students, unfortunately, have. And I haven't been particularly pleased with that. Because as a teacher, obviously, I demand discipline. I demand everyone to be quiet, in silence, to just say as you are told, by me, of course, to listen to my orders, follow my orders. As as if you were in army or something? Nah, not really. Not really. I'm I'm not that crazy. I would say I'm more lenient. I mean, I do like a bit of discipline, but... You know, if somebody just looks at their phone for a few seconds, that's fine. As long as they don't look at their phone for one minute, then I could go a little bit mad. Because I just hate when my students mess around on a phone. I do hate that. I certainly do. And you should stop messing around on or with your phone because it is annoying and we hate it. We really despise it. I think I've made my point, haven't I? You should stop moralizing, Zdenek, because you don't want to discourage your listeners from listening to this podcast, especially if they if they're one of those people who often mess around on their phone. Are you one of those people? Hmm, that's top secret, I guess. Please do tell me if you are one of those people who... who, who <laughs> anyway, let's move on. So, you married mm -hmm. um, to uh, a Romanian guy. And so now you're, you have settled down basically in Romania, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. First of all, little correction. Um, I should have probably said you got married to a Romanian guy, or you are married to a Romanian guy, uh, rather than you have married to a Romanian guy. That sounded a bit odd, uh, considering the way I was just summing up her life at that time. Anyway, 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 the phrase of verb we're looking at here is settle down. Of course it is settle down, because I said you basically settled down living in Romania. And when you settle down, you begin to live a quiet and steady life by getting a regular 9-to-5 job, by getting married, having kids. All this boring stuff, pretty much. I mean, I find it quite boring and I am definitely scared of it. Just the thought of it just doesn't really, you know, it doesn't have a ring to it. For me, at least. I'm not saying it might not happen one day. But I'm not there yet. Definitely not. How about you guys? How about you? Have you settled down yet? As a matter of fact, I know about some of my listeners that they have. I know that some of my listeners have kids. And they have settled down. They have 
a job, a regular job, and they're living in one place and they have sort of like, you know, got accustomed to it and they have their routine. So how about you? Do you understand that sometimes it can get a bit boring? It can get a bit mundane and tedious. That's what's that's what's happened to me this year, pretty much. I'll tell you about it more, okay? Uh, to be continued. But the phrasal verb of the day, it's not it's not a phrasal verb of the day, really. It's just point number 10 on this list of phrasal verbs. The phrasal verb number 10 was to settle down. Have a Hello. I think you are breaking up a bit, Luis. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, hello. Yes, I think you I were breaking you. up a bit. It might be because a, a storm is coming, but... So what happened there? I believe uh, Luis turned into a robot for a moment. Yeah, I think it was due to a storm that came to Podjebrady, to the city, or rather a town that I was recording this in. In my room, that's where I am recording this post-production analysis as well. So... This is one of the last episodes I'm recording in Podjebrady for um, some time, I believe. We will see what happens. We will see. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And um, yeah. Anyway. 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 Um, the phrase of verb here is to break up. This phrase of verb has got um, more meanings, obviously. And I'm sure you might know the one to do with a relationship. So... You've got a girlfriend, and one day you decide to call it a day. I mean, you break up, yeah? You split up. You don't go out with each other anymore. Something happens. Maybe you have an argument, or your girlfriend cheats on you, or you cheat on your girlfriend and she finds out, or you, don't, you forget to feed the dog, and the dog dies, and your girlfriend is devastated, so she breaks up with you. Something like that. I mean, there are definitely more scenarios. These ones are just the classic ones. Not sure about the, the example with the dog, but you know what I mean. Or maybe you're listening to Zdenek's English podcast these days way too often. More often than uh, remembering to, let's say, cook for your kids or something. So your girlfriend or your wife even. Well, actually, if you... You can break up with your wife, but usually you get divorced with your wife. So this really applies to a girlfriend. But my point is that this phrase of verb has got a different meaning here. It has a meaning of... Um, um, okay, I think um, I my mind just went blank there for a moment. I think um, it means that the connection wasn't really working, basically. If somebody is breaking up on a radio, like you're trying to talk to someone on a radio or on a phone or on Skype, like I was back then, uh, you can say that the connection is not good or you can say you're breaking up or you, you can say I can't hear you or something like that. There are more ways to describe this. One of them is to break up. But it's it's an intransitive verb here, so it doesn't have any object. Yeah. Okay, so I hope it's clear. I hope it's clister. <clears throat> Let me repeat that. I hope it's clist. No, I can't say it. I hope it's cl cri crystal, crystal, crystal. It's difficult to say the word crystal. Crystal clear. I hope it's crystal clear. Is it crystal clear? Try to say cl crystal clear. I seem to have big issues with this. I really do. Anyway, let's move on. One thing I will say Japanese, they are, are such hard work, hard workers. Definitely, yeah. I, I think a lot of them learn English through sheer force of effort, and I can't fault them for that. They're amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's incredible. Like, I, can't, I cannot understand how anybody is capable of working so hard, really. <laughs> so, um, I think the connection was breaking up a bit there, but Claire... Claire? That wasn't Claire. Did I just say Claire? That was Louise. Yeah, Louise said, not Claire, definitely not Claire. I'm pretty sure it was Louise. Louise said that the Japanese are such hardworking people. That was the whole point. And she said, I can't fault them for that. 
That means she can't criticize them for being not hardworking. She, she can't blame them for being lazy. She Basically, what she's saying is, if you say, I can't fault them for that, that means th there is no way she can say that they are lazy. They are really, really hardworking. So by saying, I can't fault them for that, she is basically re, uh, restating the point or uh, making the point stronger. Now, it is a little bit questionable whether fault someone for something is really a phrasal verb. I would actually argue that it's not. So why did I even put it on the list? Well, I put it on the list because I think it's a lovely piece of vocabulary. And that means it's worth putting it on the list. Although I shouldn't have probably done that because this is a list of phrasal verbs. So what happened here? Well, the thing is, sometimes it's hard to say if it's a phrasal verb or not. I would argue it's not. I think it's just uh, expression, fault somebody for something. And for is a preposition there. You know, it's not really a particle. It's definitely a preposition here. So I wouldn't say this is... A phrase of a but again we are making a mountain out of a molehill so I should probably stop doing that okay you you can't fault me for not trying hard enough here right you I'm trying hard I'm, I'm doing my best to give you um, a lot of insight into the the English phrase of verbs that sounds rather profound doesn't it anyway I'm sure you can't fault me for that Mm -hmm. You can't criticize me, you can't blame me for not trying hard enough, right? Okay, so I think I've made my point, and it's time to move to phrasal verb number 13. The luck is 13. What is it gonna be? Have a guess. Or, more importantly, listen to this. There was an Italian boy who was really lazy, but then one week a rather attractive young lady came in and suddenly he started speaking English. Again, what a great anecdote there from Louis about an Italian boy who was lazy and one day a beautiful girl came in the class and she started speaking English. Uh, not she. I'm sure she started speaking English too, but the Italian boy did because he wanted to impress the girl. It was a chance for him to flirt with the girl. Hmm. Are we actually playing into stereotypes here a bit? <coughs> I don't know. I don't know. But that's not what we are here for. We're not talking about stereotypes, even though it's one of my favorite topics. I love looking at stereotypes and trying to find out whether they're true, trying to break, uh, break the stereotypes if necessary. Uh, but... We are here because of phrasal verbs. It's much more exciting, isn't it? Good old grammar. It's not much of a grammar, really, phrasal verbs. It's a bit of grammar because um, when I was speaking about transitivity, transitivity, transitiveness, I don't know, actually, guys. When I was speaking about whether the phrasal verbs are transitive or not, yeah, this is how I can say it. Um, that's, that's grammar for sure. But if you just look at the phrasal verbs themselves in isolation, uh, we can say that it's vocabulary, really. It's lex lexis. So, yeah, it's, I think it could be a mixture of vocabulary and grammar, really. But anyway, it's really exciting stuff, isn't it? So, uh, somebody came in. I think this one is pretty easy. So, why on earth have I spent so much time uh, on this? So, so, I think I should beat myself up over this a bit. Anyway, coming is self-evident. When you come in, you you basically join. I think it's this one is slightly less idiomatic, although it could be a bit idiomatic because on one hand you can say like coming, coming like in a room in the classroom, so that would be more literal, obviously. But you could understand it as if she joined the class. So yeah, I think it's less idiomatic here. So, has it ever happened to you that um, you were in a classroom and the lessons were all right, but perhaps it was a bit boring or you were a bit bored and um, then somebody came in, 
perhaps an inspector or or the headmaster or the headmistress and suddenly it got way more exciting has it ever happened to you i wonder let me know as always i would love to hear your stories well i have a fairly generic received pronunciation at Mm. accent i'm from but um i'm from east anglia originally when i was at school i did have more of a regional accent but that's kind of fine i think that's kind of fine down over the years yeah okay well so i admit this was the only phrasal verb that i did not know however i was able to identify it and i tried to google it i tried to find out what it meant and uh, what it means because it still means the same so i can say what it means but I was unable to do so, so actually I had to contact Louise and ask her specifically about this. And she explained to me that to find down uh, means to refine. So the expression was that or she was talking about her accent and that it has fined down over years. And uh, what she meant was that it has refined. Uh, it got better, I think. That's what we are all hoping for, basically. We are all hoping that our language, our English language accent finds down over the years as we take more lessons, as we listen to more podcasts, especially the next English podcast, of course. We are all hoping that our accent will find down over the years, right? Don't we? Yeah, okay. And there's one last phrase verb on the list. It's been hell of a journey. I hope you've been enjoying listening to this particular episode. Like I said before, for me, doing such episodes usually take takes more time. It's it's uh, really, really hard work. These episodes are quite time-consuming, but it's uh, rewarding in a way because I can sort of, like, present my skills, you know? I can show off what I can do here on Zenix English Podcast. Although it's much easier if I just record an interview with a friend or with an interesting guest. There are some interesting episodes uh, in the pipeline. You can look forward to episodes with uh, uh, with some really interesting students uh, that um, that attended the, sco- the school I was working at this year um, and many more to come. But here is the last phrase of verb of the day. Yeah, so ba- basically what happens if you start bantering, as you call it, like basically... Uh, pulling someone's leg or, or taking the mickey out of someone. What happens is that as as a Brit, I, I, let me let me try to um, pin it down now. What happens to you is that people misunderstand you, and mm-hmm. they, they 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 get offended. Right? Am I right about yes. that? So I was trying to pin it down. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to basically explain it to define what what I understood by that. Uh, how I interpreted that, or um, wh- what was this bit about? Basically, um, Louise had said that she had some experience, uh, some experiences of being misunderstood uh, by non-English people when she was trying to banter, as she calls it. I and I said that I'd had actually similar experience. And that I, I, I also attempted to pin it down to explain why this was happening or, 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 or what was the um, what was the crux of it or something like that. Okay. So essentially, if you pin something down, you you define it, you you try to clarify it. So I hope I managed to pin down the phrasal verbs in this episode. That was the idea, anyway. If I didn't, I do apologize. But uh, you can't fault me for not trying hard enough, right? You can't fault me for that. I think um, I think gradually I, I will find find this down and um, I will get better at explaining the phrasal verbs and we will work it out in the end. Hopefully you will stick with listening to this podcast. Uh, in the meantime, uh, hopefully you won't end up falling asleep, obviously. Stop messing around with your phone while I'm talking to you guys. Um, hopefully you will come back and um, and and uh, enjoy more episodes of the next English podcast. I don't know how how I would incorporate uh, more of these phrasal verbs 
into this outro, it would probably get a bit um, unnatural. I'm sure it's the case. But that's that's pretty much it from me. There's nothing else to say. I'm done. I'm done. And the episode is also done. It's done and dusted. And you guys have a crack. Do you know what that means if I tell you have a crack? Um, that's your homework, actually. And how do you spell the word crack? Hmm. Have a crack, guys. See you next time. Bye. The Fixer. No, that's that's a wrong jingle. Sorry about that. This is the one. Thanks a lot for listening. For more information, go to Zdenex English Podcast Facebook group or visit zdenexenglishpodcast.podbean.com.